0: Let me me get settled in. Get comfy. I I feel like I need something for my feet up in this joint. (laughs) Kick my feet up. Ease up. My feet is up. (laughs) Uh, This box got what? It got a dead
1: body in it? Nah, it's records. Damn. (laughs) It's it's my records, man. Heavy as fuck. It's all my records. Damn. Yeah. My
0: feet is up. Sitting on my re up. (laughs) We pay cash not worry about Lisa Word Oh so we back man Back in the place has been like <sighs> two, Mad long Two weeks mad man Mad long really long time mad long time the most infamous had a, a break of two weeks that yeah. might have been our longest joint i think so man we've had one off but two is yeah, yeah that's not like us two is next level but you know circumstances beyond our control oh, yes very much so because i was ready to go uh well not this last week but the week before i was ready to rock and then you know you hit me with the text like <laughs> hey bro <laughs> just broke my arm yeah
1: arm is broken in hospital have surgery today <laughs> And I said,
0: okay, <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess we're not recording this week. Right. And that next morning I was leaving for Florida. So, uh, you know, I didn't really think nothing of it, but you know, as you guys know, as we're listening to this conversation, I didn't ask him what happened to his arm.
1: Yeah, And so. And I didn't g- tell you either. He, he didn't tell me. He didn't volunteer the information. Cause I figured we would, it would be a good update. <laughs> yeah. My man's is over
0: here looking like <clears throat> Robocop. Yeah. Dead ass. Like, <laughs> He over here looking crazy than a motherfucker. Like, it's a very serious arm
1: breakage. Yes. And, uh, and logic, what happened? Um, well, to long story short, um, I was breaking up a fight between my oldest sons. Really? Mm-hmm. And you broke your arm? Yes, in the process. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: You see, man, being a peacekeeper, man, is for suckers. <laughs> Yeah, I should have just came it swinging. Yeah. <laughs> what I tell you about that peacekeeping, man? You, just came in look, swinging. This is how you peacekeep. You knock out the toughest motherfucker first.
1: That's what I should have did. That's yeah. what my mom told me. She was like, next time, she was like, you just knock them out. Knock Whoever, both of them out. Whoever's winning,
0: you get, you knock them out. Yeah. And then the other one is just in shock because mm-hmm. they think you're helping them, and then you just sock them, too. Yes.
1: Yes, that's what I should have did. Yeah,
0: because you all that strength, and you're you're lefty too, right? I'm right. I'm right. Oh, you're right handed. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say, man, you could have used all that strength to
1: just whoop on somebody, man. Yeah, that's what I should have did. Two two punches, you'd have ended the whole altercation. Yeah, yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should have came in swinging. Next time, we know what's gonna happen. Oh yeah, it's, it's gonna be some kids <laughs> laid out in the kitchen.
0: <laughs>
1: Pops coming through, swinging bolo, taking a nap. You know what I'm saying? Taking a nap, straight up. Pops. <laughs> Straight up nap time. Now you done had, what? This is two weeks off work so far. Yeah, it'll be two weeks. I'll go back. I should. I should be going back. It'll, this is three weeks. This is the third it's week. The third week. Yeah, you're right. It's the beginning of the third week. Yeah. That's so I'll be going on, back next week. That's crazy, man. Yeah. It man. was broken in. It was like a three, three, three pieces. So did you fall? No. From, or no. You like, just strained it from from, from the, the, the sudden movement. Yep. Sudden Snapping. movement and Damn. like I looked down at my arm and it was dangling there, but my it felt like i was still holding on
0: because
1: mm, your adrenaline was probably yeah. crazy yeah so yeah it was wild
0: that's wild, wild things. shit man robocop
1: man straight up yeah so like right now i'm still and it's crazy because the way that it's healing it's it's muscle spasms so the yeah. way that my brain it communicating with my arm to tell it to start working normally again. Yeah. It's like, it's muscle spasm. So, so you can every, feel it every. Yeah. Week. So every now and then, like maybe for five to 20 minutes randomly, it'll feel like fucking Incredible Hawk is wringing my arm out like a dish rag. Wow. Because the muscles are just like spasming all over my arm. Mm. Shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Some pain, serious pain.
0: Yo, man, this this broken arm thing is going around.
1: Yeah. I heard I heard the groovester. Um, yeah. Just trying to get his Tony Hawk on. <laughs> get that DJ rare groove. Started this whole broken arm trend in August. Oh, I didn't even know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I thought I couldn't remember if I told you or not. Cause you told me after I told you that I broke mine. You was like, Yeah, Groove broke his too. Because Groove wasn't telling nobody. Uh,
0: <laughs> and I figured it was a reason that yeah, he, he hadn't posted on social media about breaking his arm. And it was because he tried to get his Tony Hawk on. That's funny. unsuccessfully. <laughs> and, uh,. <laughs> Trying to do kick flips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just started. Hey, I'm 40. I'm gonna do a kick flip now. Right. The irony of Grooves is that Groove broke his arm trying to teach his son how to skateboard when Groove doesn't really know how to skateboard. Interesting. And so, well, so, but what has happened is now that he's 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 went out and successfully broken his arm in front of his child. His child no longer wants to skateboard.
1: <laughs> Obviously, that's very a, traumatic. That's a smart kid, right? <laughs> Like, well, I saw the skateboard, then my dad broke his arm in three places. Right. Now, no, I don't want that. Right, right. Nah, no more doing that. <laughs> no, thanks. No. Nah. Hey, son, you want to go? Nope. <laughs> no, I'm good. Cut your arm, dad?
2: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. That's the end of the conversation now.
0: It's like, hey, son, you want to go? Nope. No, dad.
2: <laughs> son
0: creeps off, starts crying around a corner, having flashbacks of dad breaking his arm. In lying, front of him.
1: Lying helpless
0: on the concrete
1: uh, <laughs> on the streets. That's crazy.
0: So, yeah, man, everybody weightless breaking their arm, man. I gotta watch my shit, man. <laughs> yeah, be careful. I'm keep my shit tucked in, extra tight. <laughs> Stay careful out there in them streets. Man, I'm not breaking up, no fights i'm nah. not getting on no skateboards nah i'm gonna conduct myself like a 40 year old man should
1: yeah yeah i'm I, I i've learned my lesson yeah yeah i'm yeah. just gonna start coming and swinging i might just bring a chair i might not even use my hands see what you got to do man you got to take the prison approach mm. you ever know in prison they don't be jumping on sides like hey get off nah, here i just start swinging on everybody <laughs> right <laughs> start swinging on everybody. We'll call everybody everybody gonna catch it we'll call that the warden approach
2: <laughs> next time some shit break out
0: in this household man you think what would a warden do yeah, would he jump in there and try to be the the peacekeeper, or nah. would he just grab a baton and just start whooping everybody just start <laughs> at the whooping same time,
1: ass. whooping ass all over the place, <laughs> right. just fucking everybody up?
0: Prison break strategy, that's what you gotta do, man.
1: Yeah, that's that is definitely the move.
0: Because <laughs> he could have, yeah, you would have had some fun with that one, boy. Just releasing all kind of pent up frustration. Yeah, that would have been
1: a good story. That yeah. would have been a good story. Remember that time we was fighting and Dad knocked us both out? Yeah, we woke up and didn't realize what happened.
0: It was like some fucking WWF shit. You just jump off the top turnbuckle, just take everybody out. Clothesline yeah, everybody,
2: everybody. Like I don't know what happened, man. On site, one minute I was winning, and I was, I woke up next to the dude I was fighting. Pops was standing over me. <laughs> what I tell you about that, boy? Me fighting in my house.
1: Straight up, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, needless to say, their lives are over for yeah. an extremely What kind long of punishment
0: does that uh, garner? Is that What level is that, like, level oh, man. red,
1: it's, it's, <laughs> it's level 10? You 10. do whatever I say when I say, no matter if you sleep, no matter what time of day it is, you get up and get moving with no with no questions asked yeah, yeah yeah and i told them that until i can fully use my arm they don't get to have no fun i can't have no fun
2: that's real <laughs> <laughs> it's very real that's so real
1: you can't have no fun i can't have no fun you can't have no oh, yeah. fun. look son
2: <laughs>
1: i know you want to have fun but look at my arm mm-hmm
0: you can't have fun until i can yeah and as far as
1: I can tell, you got about 10 more weeks of Straight mi- misery. Of misery. Pain. Of doing nothing. Can't even sit on the porch. Hoping that I heal faster than I do so that I'll take my foot out your ass. Straight up. Bear, buy, me some, buy, buy me more vegetables, boy.
0: Right? Steroids. They gonna go over here with steroids. P.E.D.s for pops.
1: We, we can gotta heal. get you better. Yeah. We o- can rebuild him. Into it. an ulterior motive like a motherfucker. <laughs> 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 But yeah man that's it man yeah
0: so that's the story y'all yeah so this is why we missed week one mm-hmm. week two i was out yeah rolling around yeah getting your, getting your oscar on yeah get my oscar me show on man all over the place yeah and uh you know it was it was experience man but oh man you if you would have been able to come over the week that uh you couldn't boy hood tales oh really oh my <laughs> god
2: what I missed, man! What I you missed.
0: missed some shit, and it would have happened when you was there. Oh, really? Yeah, bro. Hood tales, fights, or turned. Oh, okay. This is one like I'm about to just go ahead and tell it. This is gonna be the longest intro we've done in a while, but I gotta <laughs> tell you this one. I mean, we missed two weeks. They're gonna be, cooking yeah, be right. yeah. So, so it was, it was somewhat. This I, I, looking back now, it was somewhat of like a military coup in the hood.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Like, like the people in power started having these inner struggles with each other. Okay. And they started spilling out into the streets. And now there's like a
1: new order in the hood.
0: Oh, it's a new order It's now? a new order among the degenerate houses. Like against okay. The trouble houses. Yeah. So what happened was, so I'm sitting at the, at the table. I'm making food or something. This is, and I look out the window and then, you know, across the street, you got, you got the Bubba dude, the fat Bubba mm-hmm. dude, you yeah. know? And you got the dude who is messing with his mama. Okay. Black dude, right? Who's like older than us. And uh, so I look, the first thing I see, I see the black dude walking down the street. Now, I don't never see this dude in no regular clothes walking down the street. Mm I usually see him in contractor gear going to and from jobs and shit like that. Right. And so he's just walking down the street in a direction I'm like, where is this guy go? It's just odd to me, right? Like if you live across the street from somebody, mm-hmm. you notice if someone never walks. Right, right. And then all of a sudden they're just walking the opposite direction. Yeah. You, you start thinking maybe they're getting
1: away from something. Yeah, pause, so, it brings pause. Hmm,
0: yeah. I'm gonna stand by this window and see what's going on. So right. I, mental note, I continue washing dishes. I look out a couple seconds later and Bubba's out in the front yard. Mm. woofing this motherfucker I'ma whoop his ass he yelling at the top of his lungs walking around in a circle you know like the whole yeah when he get back I'ma this I'ma that and you watching I'ma this and I'ma that and so uh Bubba's mama is standing there Mm. and she like oh if you got a problem with him go on down the street and get him you know what i mean okay so she, she, she's basically like
1: you ain't gonna do shit. right yeah, yeah. stop talking stop talking to shit. stop
0: rapping right
1: <laughs> shut your mouth and move he go do something go so, do something
0: so Bubba, he weigh about 300 pounds he ain't mm-hmm. no little dude you yeah. know what i mean his name is bubba so yeah, yeah 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 i was thinking I, I don't know his real name
1: yeah but that's to me it's bubba he looked like a bubba if he's a, if he looked like a bubba then he got to put have some weight on it yeah
0: however you imagine a bubba to look that's him
1: yeah to the, epi- the epitome of a bubba so uh
0: He's walking around, woofing. Ain't nobody out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just talking to himself. Yeah, he doing he's pacing in the front yard, like like he waiting for it to go down. Okay. So he's walking down there, and so now I was like, okay, well now something is going on. Mm. Somebody about to get into it. And these dude, they all live together. Mm. And so I look down and I see, uh, now the dude who's walking down the street. I think his name is Tony or whatever. So Tony. I look and Tony's brother lives across the street, directly across from me, okay, or next door to me, right? Okay, and so I, I see Tony's brother in a driveway with his homies fixing a car. Oh, so he he just watching? Yeah, Tony's brothers just watching. They okay. ain't saying nothing, right? They just watch it, quiet, right? Right, like, hmm, okay, I yeah. guess it's going down. <laughs> and so uh, I look out and I see Tony walking back. And mm. so the Bubba dude by then he was like leaning on his truck, like, "Yo, you're not going nowhere." Till we squab, till we fight. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So then I see the Tony dude. He walk. He's just like mind his business. Walk back, and then he dips over towards the other truck. And so, but I can't see him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I, Bubba's still over there woofing, and Bubba's mom is still like, "Boy, just shut up. You're not gonna do nothing." Okay. You know what I mean? Leave him alone. You know he ain't gonna let you whoop his ass like that. You know you're talking crazy because right. that's that's kind of her man. You know what I mean? But she's still trifling as hell so she ain't gonna break it up right mm-hmm. okay I look up again walking across the street is Tony with a machete oh shit I said oh
2: hell <laughs> no.
0: it's about to somebody about to die <laughs> oh, my man's had a long ass machete wow walking it looked like ghost dog remember uh, the <laughs> movie? Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker walking through the hood with a goddamn katana yeah yo that's what went down he walked
2: straight up to dude like yo i don't want no problems but you know <laughs> if, it, it, if i got it can to go down yeah
0: man bubba shut the fuck up and then while now they were arguing because and this is before he came back with the with the uh <laughs> goddamn machete which is the first time i've seen in the hood i've never seen a person really pull out a machete in my neighborhood hey it's not a gun but yeah but these cats it's not surprising because mm. he was a contractor right so like yeah so he had shit like that yeah
1: chop down hedges and yeah, yeah. and yeah. i thought like yo
0: yeah you don't want to mess with this guy right. got he got a machete he got tools yeah. yeah and i remember while he was yelling while bubble was out there woofing before he came back his mom was like look if you do something to him you gotta go See, if, if you got a problem, if you can't keep the peace, then you got to find somewhere else to live for free. Right? And so he kept woofing and then dude came back with the machete and he ain't want no problem with that machete. Of course not. So he go back in the house and dude stands on his porch. Like, look, if we can talk about this and talk about this. Otherwise, you know, it's on, you know what I mean? I got the machete, I'll handle this. Mm-hmm. So eventually they squash it. He goes back in the house. They talk about something. Then he walks out and, um, you know, puts the machete away. Bubba leaves, mm-hmm. Bubba hasn't been seen since. Okay. So Bubba was living there with his wife, his two kids, and a dog. Okay. So, and they was dirty as hell. Like the type of dudes who leave Newport boxes in front of your crib and Mountain Dews <laughs> every day. Empty Mountain Dew bottles Newports. Not type. Yeah, the kind of people I really don't like to live next to. So Bubba is gone.
1: Oh, so, dude. so Tony just was like, yo. <sighs> Just lay the law down. Yeah, and the mama kicked him out, apparently. He moved out, right? So
0: that's the first coup.
1: <laughs> that's number one. That's no, it's
0: been two military coups in the hood. <laughs> okay. So the second one <laughs> was well, so it was this dude who lived next to me, his brother, mm-hmm. uh, Frank. Okay, Frank. You yeah. know, we know
2: Frank yeah. from the
0: you know, I like bitches, Frank. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Had to smack the bitch up, Frank. <laughs> so Frank had a cat living with him that I thought was his son. Okay. It was a younger kid, looked like he about nineteen, twenty, mm. and I just thought it was his son, you know. And there's a chick who what I thought was his daughter. One day, I'm I'm looking out there, they start woofing. you know what I'm saying, over some money that somebody owes somebody. And oh. then he's and Frank's just like, "Yo, get your shit, get the fuck out." And dude is like, "Yo, you touch my shit, I'ma fuck you up. I'ma tell my pops or whatever, you know." <laughs> okay. So I'm like, "Oh, that's not his son," you know uh-huh. what I mean? And so these dudes are having a beef. And then uh, I guess they got into some kind of fight inside and dude owed him money. And uh, that dude ends up calling all his posse over there because he's got this. The young boy's got this annoying ass hooked up Honda Accord. with a racing. The the loud. Yeah. Yeah. That's the cat. Annoying dude. Mm -hmm. So dude calls all his homies and they roll over like Fast and Furious style and shit Mm -hmm. as if they're going to like roll on Frank. Right. You know, this is fresh after Frank. It probably gave his brother the machete. Okay, yeah, of you know what I mean. So it's hot in the hood. <laughs> back to back days. You know what I'm saying. So cats is on their guard now. So overwalks overwalks his brother. So now Tony's out there with Frank and his brother. They hold him down the driveway. Yo, just get your shit, get the fuck out. And then News got his little young little posse over there, and uh, he goes in and they woofing back and forth. End of the end of the story. He kicks the dude out. The mm-hmm. police come and everything. So that dude ended up he that dude end up moving out. And we no longer have like since this shit happened. It's
1: been quiet. Bruh. It's been quiet in the hood.
0: You can park in front of my house again. Oh word. Day it's been days with no one parking there. Wow. Streets is all clean again.
1: Wow.
0: I ain't got no damn race cars pulling out from in front of my
1: wow. They set say they set order back. Yeah.
0: military cool man this is been a new order the new order has taken back over which is the old order right but i welcome it i'm geeked the original order yeah has taken you, back all you gotta do is get rid of a couple motherfuckers man yeah one or two oh and then this so i was out there cleaning up after the first dude with the machete thing mm-hmm. and my neighbors called me over my neighbors on the other side mm-hmm. the ones i'm real cool with They're like hey come here and i was like mm-hmm. they said like, yeah man you uh I said, you know they got that eviction notice, didn't you? I said,
1: what? Who got the eviction notice?
0: <laughs> Bubba Nim's house. Ah. I said, what happened? He said, he said man, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he they're said, good, good, but they all do drugs. Mm. They ain't been paying their rent. So the landlord put the 30 day notice on the door. Mm. He said, they said they gonna fight it. So they might be there another 60, 90 days fighting it. Yeah, but they about to get out. Their days are numbered. And mm. I looked at him, I said, man, I could kiss you right now. <laughs> you just made my week. That's great. So the hood is about to be restored. To the hood is about shit. to be restored to order. Cause it's only those two houses, the only prime houses on the street. Mm-hmm. Everything else is chill, bro. Yeah. Everything else is chill, man. So they out of here, man. Word. So that's a long intro, man. Long intro. That's a two week intro. Yeah. From- so we back. <laughs> we back, and that's the update, man. Right, right. So we want to talk about this week, man. um you know, lessons from the road. Lessons from the road. You know, so we gonna I learned a lot of things in the last couple of weeks, but not just in, like uh you know, since I've been doing these screening tours for the King of Crown film. And I got it distilled into some lessons, some bullet points. <laughs> some bullet points you man. know what I'm saying? Bullet points and such so uh <laughs> empowering topics that they never would touch and so uh we're gonna distill these lessons man and i'm gonna break it down to everybody and talk and this is kind of a way that we'll speak about how it went because a lot of people been like how'd it go how'd it go how'd it go how's it out there right and you know i don't want to talk to everybody 20 times so i would like to summarize it so kind of takes care of two birds with one stone and so we're going to talk about the lessons from the road, and uh, we'll be right back. Work.
2: We got you stuck off the realness. The most infamous, you heard of us. Official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip. But they never come close to I can hear it inside their tone They talk about the industry but never left their home You get laced up with bullet points and such Plus empowering topics that they never would touch You can put your whole network against the team But Super Duty Tough Work's the MVP Most valuable podcast on MP3 Priceless info but all of it's free huh. So take these words home and think them through Super Duty Tough Work is coming at you now, listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint Raw and Uncut Adult Conversations. No shucking, no jobbing, and no pool. shit right. Yeah.
1: Back in the building, back in the basement. In the basement, <laughs>
2: underground. <laughs>
1: Underground. underground it's fitting
0: that we record in your basement this week hey Since it is we are underground rappers you know no pun intended yeah yeah we are in a logic we had to record a logic is on so much pain medication that he can't drive right now yeah
1: i'm not i'm not cleared to drive yet
0: <laughs>
2: so
1: we had to come over and record in his basement <laughs> so real literally underground so real yeah man so uh this
0: week man you know we back Mm -hmm. it feels like it's been a while but you know the gang's all here yes sir and uh you know i figure even you got questions about this shit so like i got like i think five to six lessons okay of things that i've learned Mm -hmm. from doing this shit Mm -hmm. because like doing it you realize you don't really think about it when you're like yeah i'm just gonna go do this and then you talk to other people like yo dude
1: people don't do that yeah, like it's some. This is some. This is some un, uncharted waters. Yeah, you know I've never, even from what I know about film, I've never really known of anyone that's really done this. You know, that's that's recorded at least. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Not in our era, they don't do it anymore. Nah. I mean, back in the day, they had no choice. <laughs> right. You know. Right. And uh, it, it's it's
0: interesting because yeah, like when you're in it, you don't really notice it. Mm-hmm. When you get done, you're like, damn, you're right.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Nobody just getting in a van and just going, going and showing a movie. Yeah. You know, touring with music is completely different. Like doing this medium. Nobody. Yeah, it's true, man. It's true.
0: So like the first lesson we'll get in this. This this is one that we've probably talked about on this podcast before, but we're going to make it official. The first lesson uh, that I kind of picked up out there is the importance of choosing impact over money
1: Mm -hmm.
0: now what makes me think about that is that if i were to look at the financial part of the screening tour only Mm -hmm. i would probably me or anybody else would might say do you really want to do that right is that really feasible but because they're looking at success only through the lens of money right right so it's like if it makes money It makes sense. As Mm -hmm. I saying, if it don't make dollars, it it don't don't make make sense sense." Mm -hmm. right now. I'm here to challenge that a little bit because I'm here to say that, like, look, I'm not here to tell anybody to deliberately lose money. Right. Or to be out and be reckless with money. But what I am saying that sometimes
1: making an impact is more important than making money. Yeah. You got to look at the bigger picture. There's a lot more to be gained by what you're doing than money and the money will come. You know what I'm saying? The money will come. This will open doors to other types of shit. Doing other movies, just other type. Because now that you're in this, now that you've done this, your next film, you already know who to hit up. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you could do it bigger and better. You know, right,
0: so. right. And but it's like some people say, well, sh- shit. You know, are you making money? Are you doing? And like, if I were to average out what I made versus what I spent, mm-hmm. I probably lost like a hundred bucks.
1: Yeah. So you about breaking even
0: yeah it's close to breaking even yeah you know but it's not i'm losing a little bit but it's kind of like i think it was around the same thing we talked about the very first one i did when i went to minneapolis and fargo and all all of that it was very similar then Mm -hmm. and so overall i have not necessarily made money or profit we'll say off of this Mm -hmm. but it's paid for itself yeah it's justified doing it and more importantly the impact that it's made on the people who got to see it is something that I would not have been able to get had I sat at home and and hoped people would go to a theater and watch it. Right, of course. Or hope people would watch it online. Right. You know, that's something that you just don't know until you do it. You, It's very easy. And we, and for years, we always feel that way. Like, nah, I got to make money, got to make money. But you can't make money
1: until you make an impact. Right. I mean, it's just like when we started out touring, when we went out in the early days, we wasn't making money. No, like we would do a lot of shows for free. Yeah. We just was we just wanted to get in front of people, and we knew once we got in front of people, then we'd get you know we'd be able to get back in front of them, and we'd be able to sell more records and do more things and get to a point where we were making money. Facts. But the impact that we had just initially going out is why we have the the hardcore fan base that we have to this day. Exactly. Exactly, exact same concept.
0: Like yeah. you remember me, you in prison. We would sleep in the same bed at the time. We, right, people floor, on the floor. Yeah, on the floor floors, we
1: didn't, didn't care. Couches,
0: you know head to toe. Like one dude's head sleeping in the van, sleeping in the van. Sleep. We just didn't care. Yeah, because we knew that it was a, a, a an an um, investment. Yeah, we were building something. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you know what's crazy is that. Even I've been we've been doing this rap thing for so long that we're further along at rap than I am in my film career. Right. And because we're further along and because we can go out and we can get more guaranteed money and we can we know that that the the minimum is higher when we rhyme than when I do this. Mm -hmm. That it can sometimes lull you into a sense of like, Oh, I don't want to take chances. Right. You can become risk averse. You know, say, Oh, well, I don't wanna I don't want to row a boat. If I know I can make money rapping, then why don't I just go out here and
1: rap, then show the film? Right, right. Do a show and then do it as a bonus or something. Right. Yeah, where you know you're going to make some money. Right, and yeah. that's what people typically
0: want you to do. People think that's the best way. And in doing this, I've seen it, it's not. It's not. Right. Like the best way to 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 bring attention to a film is to show the film. Yes. Talk about the film. Me performing or rapping brings out a different segment of my fan base than just if I were showing a movie. Right. And and it's and if I want to build up my following as a filmmaker, I have to be willing to go out there, take chances and make an impact even though it
1: won't necessarily make me money all the time. Yeah, success ain't always about financial gain. No, you know, success is just what. What is your goal with what you're doing? Yeah, and if you reach your goal, then you're successful. Your goal doesn't always have to be financial. Yeah, you it, know,
0: yep. And like the thing too that really, really, really hits home the impact part of this thing is like the Q and A session mm-hmm. during the Q and As are like such a dope part of the event because at that point. It becomes interactive, right? It's like, I get to share my art with you, and now you get to, to speak to me, and I get to speak to you, and we have this interactive thing that's totally improvised and not sc- scripted at all. Right. You know, I don't talk about a set number of things, whatever the people ask me about, I talk about. Mm-hmm. But that thing is so dope, it's so beautiful that like the impact of it is something that I definitely uh, can see. Mm-hmm. right then and there. And it's like, yo, you can't have just that kind of impact sitting at home. Oh, no, nah, nah. Not even with a, with a show. No, you can't. not with a show, you definitely can't. Nah. Like we were in um, New Orleans after the New Orleans screening and there was another film being showed in the same place after ours. Mm-hmm. But nobody in my joint left. Everybody was staying there. Like the dude who runs the place, I'd be like, yo man, we we got another screening. (laughs) We gotta get y'all out of here. We just can't stay here. Cause it was such a good vibe. Uh People are meeting, talking to each other, chopping it up. Mm -hmm. Not just me, like I'm looking at groups of people, hanging out, it was a beautiful vibe
1: in the room. That's dope.
0: We stayed until we literally got kicked out. That's dope. And like, the funny part is like, there was another movie, a bigger movie, playing after ours, and that movie only had one person. Wow, so I kicked that movie's ass. <laughs> At least,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. So I felt
0: good about that. Like, yeah. hey, man, we we won. Yeah, you know, like we won the night. Yeah, we won the night. You know, we went from like the unknown guy to having more people out than what was scheduled to play here, mm-hmm. and that's that's a lot. Like, we kicked their ass. Like, I'm like, oh, and fools didn't want to leave, man, and I didn't want to leave. I'm like, this is cool, this yeah. th-, You know, that's impact when people are part of something that that reminds them. Of why they strive so hard at their art, their craft, their career, mm-hmm. and uh, that's and, and that there are people who understand and get it, and you're in a room full of them. Right. That's something that is hard to to do remotely. Oh yeah, definitely. You can't do that remotely. It's impossible. <sighs> so that's lesson number one. Word. You impact. Know, impact. You know, impact over money. All right. Number two. Okay. <laughs> I got five of these joints. Man. All right. I got five of these. You know what I'm saying? I might have six. We'll see. Lesson number two from the road is to control what you can control. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, the thing about film, or at least the thing about this film and the way that I'm doing it is that every room and every place it's played at is pretty much different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every night. There are so many variables that you can't control that
1: things are going to go wrong. Oh, yeah. The, the question isn't if things go wrong, it's when. Yeah, this is uncharted territory. So, yes, things are going to go wrong. Things
0: are going to go wrong. Yeah. Like, I was in Jacksonville, and um, they were. I, I had my film on DVD. Mm-hmm. I played it the night before in Lake Park. We get ready. So, so really, I got there. It was supposed to start at seven. I got there at five. Like, yo, I'd like to, you know, uh, check it, run through it, basically like a sound check for a movie. Right. Now, I had asked them about this way earlier in the week, and they were like, "Nah, it's cool. You don't need to do anything. We'll get it set right before you start. It's no problem." Right. I'm like, I'm a little worried about that. Right. Right. But what could I say? Who am I uh-huh. to demand that these people allow me to check my movie mm-hmm. earlier than they seem to want to commit to? I asked a couple times, they said, nah, you're fine. I get there at five, they're there. Then they're like, oh, well the movie in front of you, you can check after that movie ends. It ends at six 30.
1: Okay, you're, you're starting at seven. Seven, okay. which okay.
0: means that people are probably gonna be walking into mine around mm-hmm. 6.45. So we're like, okay, cool, we got 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. We take the DVD in there. The DVD is jumping, skipping, doing everything. (laughs) Of course. Of course. of course. 15 minutes left. It's the only copy I have. Oh, 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 that's bad. Yeah, it's all bad now, so. But I do have my film on my laptop. Of course. And all I need is a a HDMI cable, and I can plug into their thing. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I checked before, and they're like, look, we can do either, or I'm like, cool. I got on a laptop, let's plug in, boom. Plug into their HDMI. It looks good on their display, but somewhere in between their their monitor backstage in the booth and it being on a screen, it started looking all glitchy and and terrible. Uh,
2: So I'm like, sick now, like, okay, this is all I've been here since five o'clock. You already know, you already know. I wanted to say, this is why I was early, dog. We could have found this out two hours ago. This is why you don't wait. Till fifteen minutes before the test of shit. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. I couldn't say that though. Nah. Because I'm trying to be professional. Right. You're like, okay. It's not so. a
0: good look to be screaming on people who are still trying. They're trying their best. Right. You know. And but I inside my mind I was like, see, this is why I was here so early. Mm-hmm. This is it's, it's like this is why you sound check. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes.
1: That's same principle.
0: Ah. Uh, so they got one big theater and they got a small theater. My theater was like. 44 seat capacity the big theater is like 200 seat capacity huge fucking theater and uh so they're like okay well to get this thing to work she's like let me try the dvd on the player in the other one so she grabs the dvd and tries it on one of the big room before that thing started now she's walking out there's like people walking in or trying to see so oh, we can't let y'all in yet mm-hmm. uh we're still testing everything she's kicking out the people who are there to watch it <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> control what you can control man. right control right. what you can control man so and yeah my, that was my response <sighs> right so she goes she tests the thing the dvd and the other one she comes back like Yo, it works perfectly in that one mm-hmm and so so between them having a a, a, sh- a shaky DVD player in that theater, an HDMI cable that wasn't working in that theater, mm-hmm. um, and other glitchy shit going on, we were sweating, we're running around, we only had 15 minutes, we're sweating bullets, we're nervous as hell now. Crazy. So then they're ultimately like, okay, look, we're just gonna have to switch theaters. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to switch you with the people who were, with the Mad Max Theater. Okay. Or not Mad Max, what is it, the, uh, the 20, whatever it is, uh, Blade Runner. So the people in the Blade Runner Theater got moved to my theater and the people in my theater got moved to the Blade Runner Theater.
1: This <laughs> don't look good. Nah, it don't look good at all. Yeah,
0: my crowd looked real thin, real <laughs> shaky. It wasn't big to begin with. Right. It was small. right. And so now it's looking even smaller because it's like 200 people seats in there. Uh And then, you know, we haven't checked anything and the volume ain't always, you know, and I'm like, okay, turn it up a little bit. And, you know, it was just so many variables because, you know, I had done it the, the night before in the Kelsey Theater and a person uh, who was facilitating like the technical guy, the sound guy mm-hmm. was the sound guy who runs sound there okay so it was sounding crispy, yeah, it was bumping mm-hmm. and anybody in there could hear every word of everything, mm-hmm. but then you go into a movie theater it's different yeah, this, they don't have sound men right. running. it's the, a movie yeah, yeah, they'll just pop your thing in, press play and walk away from it right come back in two hours right and you're stuck. Mm-hmm. so if it's quiet and no one can hear it, it's a rap, mm-hmm. you know and so it's just. Variables, bro. Yeah, variables. From that to you know, let's say we'll go to um, uh, what was the other one? The other one was um, gosh, I'm going blank. Pinellas Park. There, they had a uh, they had their own projector and screen, but we couldn't get to their projector because it was mounted to the ceiling. Okay. So I'm, thankfully I had my own projector. All right. And so we just hooked that up, plugged in, and they brought in their own sound. And that one was technically dope. Okay. But you can't control everything right and, and and the reason i tell these stories is because i want people to understand it. like look you can do only what's in your control yeah because anything beyond that you're gonna have variables every day that make what you do less than perfect mm-hmm. in your eyes and if you're a perfectionist it's gonna bug you i was gonna bug the hell out of you yeah because i'm a perfectionist i want my shit to be crispy yeah you know and i'm just like what fuck <laughs> I'm salty, man, I'm really salty, just at these little things where I'm like, yo, we had the perfect room, the mm-hmm. small room, we had the perfect sound, it sounds dope in here, and then we get put in this giant fucking amphitheater. It's like, yo, this is too big.
1: Play in the wrong room. Yeah, yeah. But,
0: but then, you know, and then in that spot in Jacksonville, it was the wrong room, but then, we didn't have a place to do the Q and A. Cause I was, I asked him like, yo, can I get a mic to do Q and A? At first they were like, oh, you're in a small room. It doesn't matter. We won't. You don't need yeah, a mic.
1: Yeah, you won't need a mic. Then
0: they moved me to the huge room.
1: Mm-hmm. There's like
0: five people in there. Yeah. We're like, well, how can I talk to these people? This room is like huge. Mm-hmm. You probably get 400 people in here. Like it's a huge room. This, you need a mic. And so we just was like, all right, well, what do I do? All right, y'all. If y'all want to do the Q and A, let's just go do it in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So we just moved out into the lounge where the concessions is at. Okay. And me and, and all my people just stood in a cipher and we just did, <laughs> did, did the Q and A cipher. We ciphered with the gods. Man. <laughs> we did the Q and A right there. Oh, okay. good. And it was one of the dopest ones.
1: That's cool. It
0: was so dope. That's it cool. was just we talked it was a three cats there who were heavy into production, younger cats into making beats, and uh they were dope, man. So shout out to y'all if y'all are listening. You know, uh what was my name's name? He had a funny name. It was this was his younger cat. I can't remember his name. It was something ah, Ghost Moses or something like that. <laughs> ghost Moses. Yeah, reverse ghost Moses. Shout out to you, bruh. <laughs> but yeah, he he was he hung out and he met a couple other younger cats who did beats. It was all like 20 years old mm-hmm. and uh one, one dude worked at a record shop we just talked records and talked beats and production and a couple other people just regular fans there and uh that one was really dope but was we, cool. we may do with what we have uh-huh. because we can only control what we can control
1: yeah and another i mean another thing that goes along with that is be prepared too yes you know what i'm saying because if you wouldn't have had your own projector you know then what you know what I'm saying? If you, it, you know what I mean? Like just having, you know, your own stuff and making sure you have everything that you need to operate. If nothing is, if nothing, if they don't have anything, if it's just an empty room. Yes. You know, you still have to be able to show your film. That's the big, big lesson. Because yeah. yeah, don't think that I wasn't as
0: prepared as possible. Right. Right. And that's why i say yo i'm getting in the van and i'm putting the projector in the van right i'm putting my screen in the van right. and i'm ready to go mm-hmm. and i got my film on my laptop and i got it on dvd so i can play it pretty much anywhere but there's still things i can't control right but best believe that i've done as much as i can within my control to, to, to you know hopefully guarantee the best outcome yeah and sometimes that's not possible there's trade-offs in every room, every situation, right? Like you couldn't just not show the film. Right. So yeah, we gotta take this room. Right. We gotta switch. Right. You know, and uh it wasn't optimal to me, but the last thing I wanted to do was to get upset about it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: was to ruin that experience for the people who just came to see the film. They don't need to know all these inner workings of stuff right, that goes right. on behind the scenes. Right. So I didn't tell them any of that. I just say, Hey man, you know, we have some technical difficulties, we gotta switch theaters. You know, and that's all we could do. Yeah. That's all we could do, man. And uh, you know, it helps you keep the right attitude when you seek to control what you can control. Yeah. Then you know that you've done everything that you can do. Mm-hmm. And anything that falls short of that, you just gotta let it fall where it falls.
1: Yeah, I gotta chalk it up.
0: Yeah, so that's lesson number two. Work. We'll take a break. Yep. Boom. <laughs> to all the listeners of the super duty tough work podcast this is blueprint here to let you know that i will be heading out on the road again this weekend for three more screenings of my king no crown movie i will be in attendance at each of these screenings and hosting a QA session afterwards here are the dates and the details on friday october 27th i will be in grand rapids michigan screening king no crown at the wealthy theater at 4 p.m. sharp. On Saturday, October 28th, I will be screening King No Crown in Detroit, Michigan at the Downtown Youth Boxing Gym. On October 29th, that's Sunday, October 29th, I will be in Chicago, Illinois screening King No Crown at the North Bar. And last but not least, the Columbus screening of King No Crown will be on Wednesday, November 1st, at the Wexner Center for the Arts. It starts at 7 p.m. sharp. Once again, the Columbus screening of King No Crown is on Wednesday, November 1st at the Wexner Center for the Arts. I hope you can make it out to all of these one-time only events. You can get more details to each event on my Facebook page, including the starting time and the cost, if any. And I hope to see you out. Also, we are pre-ordering the King No Crown movie right now on VHS and on deluxe DVD. Each pre-order comes with a signed poster and a bag of microwave popcorn. Pre-orders will be shipping out and are scheduled to arrive to you on November 7th. That means get your pre-order in now and you'll get it on time. Wait, you'll get it late. Uh, that's about it for now. I Hope to see you all out. Back to the show. Right. Ah. Word. So we back. Yep. The most infamous. The most infamous. Back Mm -hmm. in the faces. Yeah, this is a cool little catch-up episode. Yeah, man. man.
1: You know. Good, good stuff.
0: Ah, the lessons from the road. Yeah. So we got two down. We're going to come up with number three. Mm -hmm. Numero trace. And this is one, I don't know if we've technically talked about this before, but this is one that we should talk about more. And this lesson is build it cheap
1: hmm. Yes.
0: What I think a lot of people have problems with is that when you're trying to roll out an idea, a, a concept, a business, a, a project, the temptation is to throw as much money into it as early as possible, mm-hmm. maybe so you can feel like, yo, I've done everything I've needed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more on, on the table. I've done everything right. Mm-hmm. The problem with this is that the more money you throw at everything the more logistics you throw at everything the more difficult it is to be nimble
1: and the more pressure it is yeah to succeed because then you feel like you gotta make that money back come on (laughs) you feel like that it's pressure as soon as you spend it you're like oh uh, i just dropped three
0: dreams on this i got it yo exactly but when you build it cheap Mm -hmm. you don't have that kind of pressure right and building it cheap is not just about having the budget or not having the budget it's a Mentality, Yeah. Oh it's yeah. a philosophy that you have to apply to everything you do so that you don't just get ahead of yourself and create these situations where you can't win. Right. Like the difference between me being able to do this tour and break even or lose a little money is is the difference between me making my film for a thousand dollars and someone else making their film for right oh yeah definitely the guy who makes a film for $100,000 cannot do what I just did oh no they can't lose any more money (laughs) no they have no more money to (laughs) lose (laughs) it's all on the screen <laughs> could you imagine if, if you get a budget for a hundred thousand dollars to make a film you make the film and then you say hey man I just want to ride around and be around the people and promote it that way on some grassroots shit it might not make money it might but I think it'll really make an impact the people who invested in you <laughs> they will look at you like
1: they will smack the shit out of <laughs> you exactly <laughs> Wait, anyway, I gave you a hundred thousand dollars Talk about driving around in a yeah. van let me I'm, yeah. knock you the <laughs> fuck out just
0: smack the shit out of you <laughs> Like you can't even have that conversation with oh, him. Nah. It's funny to even talk about it. It's like, not even a
1: thought. Like, no. You joking, right?
0: Yeah. Yo, he came in here and literally asked us. <laughs> he said that's how he wanted to promote it. Wish he would have told us before they we wrote that hundred thousand dollar check. Right. But but because I did it in such an inexpensive way, I built it for cheap. Mm-hmm. I'm now able to promote it in ways that other people wouldn't. Right. I can take losses that other people wouldn't. I can take chances that other people wouldn't. You know, I can go out for two weeks and my only goal is just to not lose money, Right. but I'm assuming I'm going to lose money mm-hmm. anyway right. and, and that's something that impacts no matter what you do in life. Oh yeah. If you build it for cheap, just even us in touring, we mm-hmm. learn how to tour on the cheap Oh, yeah. We learn how to go out there and ride our own cars, get a rental car, Mm -hmm. uh, sleep three, four to a room, sleep on floors, sleep on couches, how to go out there and be able to be profitable without spending a lot of money mm-hmm. to get it. Yep. Right? With a small we would go out there. We never had a tour manager. No. Nope. We learned how to tour manage ourselves. You know, we learned how to uh to drive ourselves, yeah, book our own hotel rooms, sell our own merch. Yep. These are all jobs that there are people who do that full time. Yeah right like uh, <laughs> there are people who you can hire oh, to yeah. merch there yeah, are people that, yeah, th- yeah that's overhead when they're you have, professional tour managers yeah
1: light guys <laughs> right they're professionals yeah
0: and when you get to that level it's gonna cost you oh yeah but if you can build a good experience for your customers fans etc and you can build it cheap then you have a power and a flexibility that the guy with
1: all the overhead doesn't have and will never have. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's like like my studio, for example. I have my laptop, I have an interface, I have a controller and my microphone, and that's it. But it sounds just as clean as if I spent, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, yeah. three thousand dollars. I spent probably maybe two, three hundred dollars on everything, well, count my laptop, my laptop was like five, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can't even count that. Yeah, you can't even count that, but with everything else that I got, I probably spent maybe three hundred dollars. Yeah, see? That's that's the key. Yeah.
0: You build it for cheap, and during that time, you're learning to make it for cheap. Even your own expectations are lower. Oh yeah. So like you're not over here like yo, I gotta make a classic album by next year. <laughs> right. Or, so I
2: can make this money yeah, back. Yeah. My wife's gonna kill me.
0: <laughs>
2: right. She don't right. have my head if I don't make this money back <laughs> selling
0: beats. Right. 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 So it 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 helps everything mm-hmm. when you can learn that, and I'm not saying be cheap across the board because cheap is a a bad word right oh yeah you want to do things inexpensive right you're right but you you don't necessarily want to be cheap cheap often implies a lack of quality right i don't want to suggest that so don't get me fucked up i'm not saying be
1: cheap yeah because you got to understand the stuff that you're getting like just in the studio realm there's certain things that you can get that don't cost a lot of money yeah, but it's top of the line kind of stuff you know yes. what I'm saying? Like you can get the interface that costs fifty bucks, but I got the interface that costs two hundred bucks. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you know, instead of you know, and I got the mic that costs a hundred dollars instead of getting the mic that costs five hundred dollars because I don't really need the five hundred dollar mic right now. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So so the thing to keep in mind is like, hey man,
0: when you build it cheap, and you start to turn. You, you immediately start to, to think about how to be more efficient, mm-hmm. how to be efficient without spending money. And then eventually you're going to start being really, really good using what you have. Right. And at that point, once you get really good using what you have, you can expand, Right. you can add on additional pieces, which may cost more. Right. Like say you release an album using your current setup. Mm. You release that album and you know that you only took you $500 to build your studio and let's say you make $3,000 on this album. Yeah. All of a sudden you can buy the $300 mic.
1: Right. <laughs> the $400 mic. Right. Right. And not feel guilty about right, it. Right. Because this paying for itself. Yes. You know, you can buy you the 49 key. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the MIDI controller. The Midi controller instead yeah. of the 25, you know? Right. Right. But the guy, the question be, the question you
0: have to look at is what happens to the guy who spends as much as possible on
1: everything from the beginning? they die <laughs> like those dudes don't survive you know like it's, it's interesting to see like a lot of a lot of our friends that we've known for years we've seen their setups we've seen the stuff that they made their first albums on you know like from four track controllers to you know the to 12 tracks and all that stuff like our first albums we made on it on a 12 track yep you know, and we've seen their setups. Everybody started out doing it as cheaply as possible, trying to get the most quality. You know, and as we as we progressed, we got the money to make more get more stuff and get better stuff and make, you know, better quality stuff. But learning to use what you got. That's the key to just growing priceless. Yeah. And and,
0: and you build it. So like now, because I've learned. So, you know, you look at the screening thing, for example, because I learned how to go out there Drive. Mm-hmm. How to go out there, talk to the theaters myself. Right. How to go out there, promote online myself. How to—I I didn't have to teach anybody that. You right. know, I, I bought my own screen, my own projector four or five years ago. Before I even had thoughts of doing this, I had bought it for something completely different. And now that I've been able to go out there, I now understand like, oh, this is what it realistically will cost me to go and do this mm-hmm. in any market, any day and now i can i can realistically know okay well next time around yeah maybe i want to add this piece right maybe if i get this many more people out all of a sudden i will be in a in a in a in the positives oh yeah just with a little slight change in, in reception or a different movie or a different timing or whatever mm-hmm. promo but the other guy who spends a lot, he doesn't even have money to to take that risk. That <laughs> yeah, he took. don't got no room to wiggle. None. <laughs> no room at the all. Stakes is high. Yeah, way Immediately high. for him. And uh, that that's the thing. So uh, if you're at home, you know, build it for cheap if you can. Cheap, build cheap. Build it for cheap. cheap. And that's lesson three. Yeah. Okay. Number four. This is what we talk about, but not specifically. Mm-hmm. This one is build relationships. Oh, yeah. We? It's key. It, it, key, it should go without saying, but yeah. I'm gonna talk about it anyway. But doing this tour reminded me about the importance of building relationships because there were so many relationships that were built for this screening tour that were adjacent to other relationships that I had, right? right? So let's look at New Orleans, for example. In New Orleans, the guy who booked me there last time, Jonathan, he, um, he interviewed me for his podcast uh, earlier in the year, maybe okay. around April May, I had the I had the trailer done, but I hadn't released it yet. He was on tour. He's a poet, and he came through Columbus. Like, yo, can I interview? I said, come through. He interviewed me in a studio. I showed him the trailer then, mm-hmm. and he was like, yo, whenever you decide to, if you do a, a tour with that, I want to book it in New Orleans. So, when the time came, you know, I reached out to him said, hey, you know, we're going to be doing the screening tour. We might be able to get down south for some dates. Let me know. He starts looking at the dates. He can't actually. He's talked to a bunch of places. Papers were trying to tax him. Okay. Like yo, we, yeah, you can show that here for a thousand dollars. Wow. Rental fee. Mm-hmm. You know, seven hundred dollars rental fee. And eventually, you're just like, wait a minute, <laughs> like nah, this ain't gonna work. Yeah. This is underground rap, right? You know, if thirty people come out, it's a win. You know, to us, right? But not if you got a thousand dollars at stake. Again, it goes back to the last one, building it for cheap, right? So he and I talk about it. He goes and talks to another place. Uh, the Zeitgeist place. And a the guy uh, there uh, who runs the place, Rene, watches the trailer. It's like, cool. I want to do it with you. We'll do a 50-50 deal. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's great. Because now I I can't lose money. Right. Technically, at least I'll make money from the first dollar that's made. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we do it. So I meet Renee When I get there, I get there early to sound check. And I'm chopping up with him about, you know, just screening. He's like, man, you're really early. He said, but, you know, I'm here doing work anyway. <laughs> he said, I, I said, well, you said you were going to be here at four. So I figured I'd come in at four, mm-hmm. get the test out of the way so I can do other things. Right. I was like, you know, I, my mom was traveling with me too. So I didn't want to go there at five, six, and then have her there till 10 o'clock. So right. I was like, I want to pick her up just so she can just get to experience this part and it's so she's not all tired and shit. And so uh, I kicked it with him for like an hour after we checked it out, like, Really good dude. I just started picking his brain like about just like distribution about like, because he's like a super film guy. Mm -hmm. He works in a place that books nothing but film, independent film. He deals day to day with people whose first names I can't even find. Okay. In my quest about distribution and (laughs) booking. Okay. He talks to them all the time. Right. He knows what distributors would like a film like mine, would Mm. not like a film like mine. Mm. This is what we talked about for an hour and a half. Yeah. Good dude. And I was like, you know what? You've helped me so much in this last hour, man. I would love to be able to like reach out to you after this is all over uh, about future projects I have, because I think they might be able to fit into some of these things you were showing me. And some of these and we just sat there and he was pulling up screens and showing me things at this place and, and i was like yo man this is the guy <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah this is the guy you know
0: and 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 it was just it was a, such a cool thing that people are helpful like that right mm-hmm. and uh it just reminded me of building relationships yeah right like my relationship with jonathan allowed me to have a relationship with him right that may it may or may not end up turning into something but it's dope that it at least turned that way and the potential is there right the door is open yeah just from being nice and kicking it with dudes and Mm -hmm. people being willing to help you because they see that you're doing something that you ain't gotta do you know you're out here riding around in your van not really making that much money but you're you're doing it Mm -hmm. you're taking it to the people and eventually that's gonna work right and when people see you taking that first step they want to help Mm -hmm. and uh the relationship thing, man. It's just it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of that. Yeah, know? and I, I think I think also just bringing it to the people, doing the Q and A. You know, what I'm saying that building the keeping the relationship with the fans and keeping it strong. You know, like that. That's definitely important too. Totally. You know.
0: Totally. And just like even look up if I look at my Orlando one. Like okay, let's look at the Jacksonville one. We played in a regular movie theater in Jacksonville that mm-hmm. I reached out to that never responded to me
1: okay
0: so this is funny i reached out to this so me and willie evans were talking about doing something together he's got a little short documentary we're like let's do something together in jacksonville when you come through but then he ended up getting booked for something else he couldn't do it Mm -hmm. and so he was like here's the two spots one was like an art space one was a movie theater across the street from where i last played at and so he's like you know reach out i was like i'll reach out to the movie theater this was in may okay the movie theater did not, I was reached out to them like, hey, I got a film. I'd like to speak to someone there about playing it there. The movie theater did not email me back until the week before my screening there. Wow. I had already got put on to somebody else mm. who knew somebody else <laughs> who could just give me the date. Right. By the time the people who worked there, the other person whose job it was to respond to me, hit me back. That's crazy. Four months, bro. Did they, was they gonna take the movie? I don't know. <laughs> I just looked at it and I just shook my head. I said, are they seriously just responding to
1: this? Wow.
0: I wanted to say, hey, you know, uh, my films playing there Thursday, mm-hmm. you know? But I didn't even say nothing, I just, I just didn't even respond because I'm like, you know what? That goes to show you the importance of relationships. right? Because when Willie talked to our other guy, Ian, Ian happened to know somebody who worked there. Yeah, just who, got the date. Yeah, and they were like, what date you guys want? And am we on Thursday. Cool, you got it. Seven o'clock. Yep, got it. Bam, that was it. Yeah. I didn't have to pay anything. I didn't get stroked. I, you know, I, it was it was it was a cool experience, but it was built on relationships that were, as I said earlier, adjacent to ones I already had. Right. It wasn't like the people I knew were just like, oh yeah, of course, I got you. It's a film, so they. It's kind of outside of a lot of our promoters wheelhouse
1: yes. but we're all artists yes. so artists know film uh, photographers they know videographers they know people who are in the film they know you know what i mean so we all know somebody that does movies yes you know that knows somebody that does movies you know yes yeah so that's number four yeah all right we'll take a break work
0: over the last several months as the podcast has been growing people have been asking how they can support the super duty tough work podcast Well, here's three simple ways to support the podcast. Number one, spread the word. This is the easiest and most effective way to support the podcast. In fact, it's free and doesn't cost you a thing. So there's no reason not to do it. If you're listening to us and like what we do, please take a couple of seconds and share the podcast on your social media pages. So whether you have Facebook, Twitter, Or Instagram, it's highly likely that you've got some friends who share similar interests and tastes and would dig the podcast, too. That helps bring more listeners to the podcast and it helps us grow. The second way you can help support Super Duty Tough Work is to comment and rate. Now, if you're on iTunes or you have an iTunes account, give your boys that five star rating. We need that. The more five-star ratings and comments we have the higher our show ranks and the easier it becomes for people to find it if you're on soundcloud there's a heart icon next to each episode on the left side that's the like button hit that like button while you're listening also add a comment while you're listening and join the discussion all feedback is welcome the third way you can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, the most valuable podcast on planet Earth. is to support our music. As you know, Elogic and I are artists. We both put out albums. Elogic makes albums. Buy his albums. I make albums and books. Anytime you support our music, you are supporting the making of the show. You can find my music, books, and t-shirts at weightless.net. That's the word, weightless.net. Go there, pick up something, and know that what you spent your money on is an investment back into creative projects like Super Duty Tough Work. In fact, I have a sale going on right now where you can get all three of my books for just $25. I'll even sign the books for you if you request it in your order form. So, there you have it. That's three separate ways you could support the podcast the first two cost you nothing we thank you for your support already back to the show back on the block word those guys mm-hmm. the most infamous podcast on planet earth yo shout out to everybody who missed us yeah
1: thank y'all we thank y'all. y'all i appreciate it i saw somebody posted um they posted um uh, illogic and printmatic then they it was hashtag withdrawal <laughs> that's dope that's dope that's dope okay br- value <laughs> value
0: man appreciate it you y'all. know we sharing some shit that a lot of people ain't gonna share man right and so we got two more of these yeah lessons from the road man and these are not gonna be as long as the other ones i don't think but you never know yeah we talk a lot and so lesson number five is never forget the follow-up mm always be thinking about the next step this is one that i that's a lesson to me because i fucked up on it Mm. i blew it so naturally when you do something an event a lot of people tend to look at it as this is just one event by itself right i do this show it doesn't lead to anything it's not the result of anything prior to that my suggestion is that we always think about the next connecting step Mm -hmm. from that so a show, a radio appearance might be to announce that a record's coming. Right. The, the, the album release party might be to sell the album. The album might be to pump up your email list, you know, to get people to sign up or to get, you know, to get, it's like, there's so many steps that are before and after anything you do. Oh, yeah, definitely. That when you look at things in an isolated way, you miss out. Yeah. And so, how I missed out was how I completely spaced out and forgot to bring flyers with me that promoted the pre-order of the physical product. Ah, uh,
1: ah, uh, yeah. I blew it. Yeah, I blew it. You didn't have flyers at all. No. Mm.
0: Now it's been in my head many times. Yeah, the last few months, and every time I like, yeah, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. I kept forgetting to write it down mm-hmm. on my to-do list. And because it never made it to my to do list, I always got sidetracked by something else. That
1: was on your to do
0: list. Yeah, more important, <laughs> right? And then I'm out there, and I'm like, why am I not handing someone with a flyer who just watched this movie, with uh, instructions on how to order the physical version of this if they want it that comes with the DVD and the extras and the VHS and the popcorn and the you know what I mean? <laughs> why? Yeah, I, I because missed opportunity. Missed opportunity because I did not think about the next step. Mm -hmm. it wasn't completely because there's so much new to this that I uh, I'm learning and and I'm I'm learning but I make mistakes too and I, I that's one thing where i'm like man i wish i would have remembered that because i mean you imagine you play your film there are people who are thinking yo i'd like to see that i like to own that on dvd yeah i like to show it to somebody else yeah you know yeah, yeah it's a dope hip-hop movie i want to own it maybe i can like you're saying own it show it to someone else maybe i want to see what happens on the, the behind the scenes right yeah i want the extras yeah let me get that and uh But I totally should have been able to put a flyer with specific instructions Mm -hmm. into people's
1: hands who made it out. Yeah. If nothing else, at least the website to where to go. Come on. Yeah. I blew it. Yeah. But hey, learn from (laughs)
0: printificence. If you listen to this podcast, learn from me. Like we all mess up, right? Oh, yeah. we, we all, all drop the mistakes. ball. People look at me like, print man, you're marketing. You're so good. You're doing this, you're doing it. There's a lot of things I do right. Mm-hmm. But I still forget and make mistakes like everybody else. Yeah. And uh, we all do. The thing is you just gotta, hey control what you can control yeah lesson learned lesson learned and that, that's one where next time I, I do this I won't forget that part of it because it should all work hand in hand the screenings right. promote the release of the film the release of the film includes physical product right. and I should be telling people where to get it and when it's available mm. after the film especially when they're like that was dope I loved it yeah. so that's five word and one last one last one and this one is one for the road this one is lesson 6 is that everything counts. Yeah. Everything. Like even at its worst the experience that you gain from trying something and failing counts towards the
1: success of the next endeavor. Yeah, everything everything. It's when you just the fact that you're doing this you know if if you went out and there was five people at every screening it would still be a success because you're doing it you're doing something yes. different you're getting your you're getting your feet wet and learning like how to do this shit i mean every, everything it counts everything
0: and and people tend to look at it like a zero-sum game right like right. it's all or nothing
1: yeah either you win or lose it's yeah
0: not, it's like nah not really you know there was a cat who uh i was talking to in orlando and he was basically saying like look you know even though you've never done this before and you you didn't go to film school, he said, you're learning something by doing the screening tour that 99% of people who make a film or into film will never know how to do. Yeah, exactly. Will never learn, have never done, and that they would love to learn from you now
1: because you've had that experience. Yeah. Like how many dudes that went to film school or people that went to film school have never gotten as many people to see their film, their first film, as you have, just yeah. doing this. Yeah, it's true. You know what I'm saying? Like That's that's a big thing in itself, just getting that feedback from the people yeah. directly. A lot of people don't get that. Yeah,
0: yeah, and so many don't even make a film. Right. They go to film school and they, one day I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make the perfect film. Yeah, or they
1: just do videos. Yeah. Just do music videos. Uh,
0: take a commercial job and they just, they it's still on their bucket list to make a movie, but they never position themselves to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, like everything counts, even even the smallest victories at, at this are experiences that someone else doesn't have that arm me for everything else I'm gonna do in my career. Yeah, finishing a film has made me more confident towards doing another film,
1: mm-hmm. doing
0: anything else with the camera, to where it's like. There will be no doubt in my mind that I can finish it. Right. Simply because I finished this. Yeah. You already done it. Yeah. I've done it. Yeah. It counts. Yeah. It counts. Whereas if you look at other people, sometimes it's so easy to beat ourselves up and and think that we're wasting time. Mm -hmm. If I never, if no one ever hears this beat, it's a waste of time. Right. If you don't hear this album or read this book, it was a waste of time. Yeah nothing is a waste of time Nah. if it's spent on your craft and on your art and on learning something that makes you better and gives you insight you otherwise wouldn't have had it's not a waste of time
1: yeah it's never a waste i got i got beats that i know no one will ever hear but if i wouldn't have made that beat i wouldn't have made the next beat that's dope you know exactly (laughs) so yeah yeah never a waste of time
0: never everything counts so yeah that's it that's it. Six joints, man. Word.
1: Lessons from the road, man. Word. Back. Back in the place. Back in the place, man. So next week, I mean, you might still be drugged up. Nah, I should be good. You'll be good. I'm, I'm going back to work. Supposed to be going back to work Tuesday, so. Okay. I'll be good. Your arm is big,
0: man. So it's yeah.
1: Extra swole. Mad swole. <sighs> yeah. Y'all don't even want to see this man's <laughs> arm right now. It's not. It's not tight. No, nah, I don't look good, man. It's like
0: he got stitches that look like. They're staples. Yeah. shit looks like a baseball. <laughs> <You> <laughs> yeah. Know it does. How the skin of a baseball looks like it was just like. It's like That real (laughs) exterior stitching. And he got stables, man. It's crazy. (sighs) My mans. Yeah, man.
1: My mans. Knocking motherfuckers out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know what to do, though. Everybody got to fall, man. (laughs) (laughs) That peacekeeper shit don't work. Warden glass. Yep. That's what's about to be the warden.
1: Yeah, it's going to go down. Yeah, man. So that's it this week. Word. That's it. See y'all next week. Peace.
2: Peace.